0: Welcome to Discovery Bay International School and today with me I've got Angela Moriarty, our Head of Learning Technology, uh, the start of our first podcast on um, learning technologies at DBIS and our first subject is helping our students to develop healthy digital lifestyles. Welcome Angela. Thank you Sheila. Um, One common question I think a lot of parents ask is how much is too much
1: time on a digital device. I knew that was coming. I get asked that. That's probably the most common question I get asked. I get asked that at every parent workshop that I lead. And I'm going to give you the same answer that I give them. I won't answer that question with a number. Um, I could ask a class of 25 children that question. And I would get at least 10, maybe 15 different answers. I could ask a room full of parents that question. And again, I'd get so many different answers. Um, You can read many, many research papers on the right amount of screen time. And again, so many different bits of advice that you would read Um, so what I like to do um, and something that we do here with our students at DBIS, it's it's almost trying to re-educate and redefine that term of screen time so there's many things that you need to consider when you're thinking about your child using a digital device you need to think about the content that they're accessing on that device whether it be passive educational or interactive. You need to consider the amount of interaction that's taking place uh, and who they're interacting with at the time. You need to consider the emotions that they are displaying or feeling at the time when they're using the device. Also where they're using the device and what time of day it is when they're using the device. So these are all the kind of factors that we've got to take into consideration when we as family members Speak with our children, so in partnership with our children, when we decide as a family what is the right amount of time for our children to spend using digital devices. What what do you mean by passive? passive? Okay, so any research paper that I read um, will always say that educational screen time does not count towards screen time. If you are a family that is determined to set an amount of time with using digital devices, then if that is schoolwork, it's not included. So if the child is at school and you know that they're gonna be using a digital device at school, that doesn't come out of their daily allowance, let's say of screen time. Uh, And likewise, with this really difficult time that we've been in at the moment with online learning, the children have been spending considerable more time in front of a screen at home, but that is still educational screen time, so that doesn't count towards their allowance of screen time. This is quite important to consider, especially for older older students, because older students need their downtime, they need their social interaction time, and whether we like it or not, a lot of that time does involve design devices, and for you to take that away from your child and to take that opportunity away from them could actually be, um, It could actually be quite detrimental to their well-being and their their friendships, let's say. Um, So that's the educational side of things. Now, passive, passive time on a screen would really generally mean your child watching something on the screen. They're not interacting with it anyway, and they're not really learning anything from it. So a good example of that is they're watching an action movie on the screen. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching action movies, but that's what we consider as passive time. You have to be really careful, though, because... Many of our parents consider YouTube to be counted in that category, that they think a child sitting watching YouTube videos is passive time. And yes, in many cases it can be. I certainly know that my child and a few other young children I know went through a little bit of a phase of loving watching random children open up Kinder Surprise eggs. (laughs) Um, Very random, but that was pretty passive. I didn't feel like he was interacting or learning anything new other than wanting to buy um, lots of Kinder Surprise eggs. Um, But actually, YouTube can be one of the most valuable educational resources out there and... I've no children that have learned to play a musical instrument completely independently through the use of YouTube. I know children that follow tutorials on YouTube um, to learn how to paint uh, manga style artwork. Like you know, there are so many things on YouTube. My my child learns huge amounts of vocabulary on through YouTube. You know, some of the the terminology that he comes out with, the scientific understanding is is phenomenal. From so so the passive is more time where it's just downtime for the child and they're just watching a screen Um, and there's nothing wrong with passive time on a screen but it does mean that your child is not learning anything new your child is not being developed in any way during that time so although for some children it it's a nice respite it's a nice break from their day they're not gaining any value from that time.
0: And when you touched on um, the emotional side what could you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Yeah so um As parents I think we're quite good at recognising the emotions of our child and if a child is on a device and they're smiling, they're happy you know that whatever they're interacting with they're having a good time, they're enjoying it Um, but sometimes you might notice when your child's on a device that they might start getting grumpy um, they might start getting... um, tired or looking more tired than normal they might be you know rubbing their eyes a little bit these can all be little indicators to you as a parent that the time that they're having on that digital device it's maybe not a healthy one it's maybe not a positive um, time that they're having at the moment um, now here at DBIS something that we do with a lot of our students something that we like to teach our students is we like to get them to think about their emotions, and we like to teach them to look for the warning signs of when their time on a digital device is not healthy for them. We talked about the, the theme of this podcast today being about helping our students to develop healthy digital lifestyles. Well, the way we approach this here at DBIS is we teach all of this through the concept of balance, and we get our students to look at the time that they should spend on a device and what they should be doing to counteract that, let's say. So if a child thinks that they should be allowed to spend two hours playing games on a device, then how are they going to counteract that? Are they then going to spend two hours being physically active? Are they, are they going to get outdoors? Are they going to spend time interacting with the family, playing a game with the family away from the device? We, we try and get our students to think about things that they're going to do so that they can constantly create, create that healthy balance. And one of those big things that we talk about with them is that ability to recognise your emotions and to know when you've spent too long on the device. So if, for example, um, they recognise that they're feeling a little bit more tired than usual, if they recognise that they're getting cross because they've just lost a life in the game that they're playing and it's made them really angry, they're recognising that they are they desperately need to go to the toilet but they're not stopping <laughs> themselves, they're not going to the bathroom, they need to realise I'm not having a healthy relationship with this device right now and this device is not, it's not good for me and my health at the moment. And this is presumably something that parents should also be just yep, So so parents than... and obviously younger children and maybe not as good as at this as slightly older children are so that's that's a really important thing for for parents as parents for parents to start if they recognize those signs before the children are then the parents it would be really great for the parents to to chat with the children about oh i noticed that you are you seem a little bit upset with that game at the moment is that game good for you right now you know are you having a good are you having a good time on that device right now or is it is it making you cross and just have those open honest conversations with your with your child but emotions can be a really big indicator as to whether you've spent too long on a device or not.
0: Another question we quite, quite often get, Angela, is um, monitoring at home.
1: Mm. Um, parents ask, should they be monitoring, and if so, how? Yeah, I think monitoring is hugely important. I think monitoring um, is something that we do here at DBIS, and of course you, you need to do that at home as well. But it's what people mean by that term monitoring, and and monitoring can look very different depending on your family situation, depending on the setup that you've got at home. Here at DBIS, obviously... Um, we, we have filters in place so that children can't access things that they, they shouldn't be able to access um, but we also have monitoring software which, which captures if we've got students uh, maybe using digital tools in a way that we would not expect them to um, and we are able to then take those captures and use them to educate students going forward to educate all of our students if we see trends happening uh, people accessing something that we haven't heard of before uh, we're able to then look at that and educate our students on that Um, We also, of course, I mean, one of the biggest things that that we talk about with our staff here at DBIS is, you know, the the best monitoring is you being a presence, being a presence in the room. So in terms of at home, I think the strongest type of monitoring that you can do is by having a presence with your child. So having an open, honest relationship with your child so that they know that you can always have a look, see what's going on, what they're doing on their device at any time. if you have if you stick to those basic ground rules, especially with younger children, of only allowing the device to be used in the main family room, where there's an adult present, then this is really easy for you to do. However, more recently, and we this is something that's come up a lot with a lot of parents recently, we've been thrown into this situation due to COVID where we've got maybe three or four children in a household all needing to access the Wi-Fi and needing to access live online lessons at the same time. And it's not physically possible for them all to be in the same room. So they've had to go off into separate rooms. We've had young primary students owner to unsupervised in a bedroom on a digital device. So we get asked that question, what can we do to make sure that they're doing what they should be doing, that they're focused. I'd always ask that you regularly drop in and out of that room so that they know that you're always present, you could always be there. Um, And then, of course, I'm not a huge fan of blocking things from children, but you can certainly have... um, You can set up your home network to filter things Um, and there are apps and tools out there that you can use to be able to monitor and and just check in with what your child's been doing on their device as well Um, so I I think that I think it is important I think yes we should be monitoring we have to know what our children are doing of course we do if we're going to put a device in our children's hands then it's our responsibility to make sure that we're keeping them safe while they're using that device and uh,
0: another question parents often ask is gaming Um,
1: Ah, oh, now say. gaming, I uh, we could do a whole separate podcast on gaming. Um, it's funny, when we start, we've got a, a unit that we do with our year four students, um, which is all themed around gaming, and the children, they look at the positives, the negatives of gaming, and it's funny, when we start the unit and we ask children to share what they already know about gaming, there are many children that are a little bit nervous about saying that it's a good thing, and we often get children saying, gaming's bad, gaming's bad for you, and a lot of parents think that gaming is bad. And there's a much bigger picture to it, much bigger picture to it than that. And, and I'd love to save that for a separate podcast. Um, but we we have to realise that again, just like we talk about screen time, there's different kinds of gaming. There are so many different benefits and positives that you can get out of gaming. Um, but of course, there are also those dangers and those warning signs that you need to be aware of. So I think I think we could definitely do a chat about that. Um,
0: well, just before we f- finish, Angela. Um... Have you got any final tips I know you're a parent of two primary children and I'm sure you have a I am I am yes I've got two well. two
1: children in here at DBIS and um, I would start by saying I know it's not easy I know it's not easy to come up with agreements um, with your children I know it's not always easy um, when dinners almost ready and you start to say okay guys dinners ready it's time to come off I know it's not easy um, I'll share a little tip. Actually, that it was a tip that I read in a book once, and it's such a lovely tip, especially for younger, younger children. Um, you know, when children are watching something or they're in the middle of a game, um, it is very hard for them to just suddenly stop. No warning. You just expect her to stop and put it and put the device away. Um, and I read in this this book once that um, one little tip is about five minutes before you want your child to stop using their device just sit down just sit down with them and show a bit of interest in what they're actually doing and that's actually a good tip full stop anyway Um, be interested in what your children are doing on digital devices show show interest don't belittle things that they do. If they play a game, if they love to play Adopt Me, Animal Crossing, those kind of games, don't, don't belittle it, don't put this off as something that's bad for them, something they're gonna get addicted. Try to understand it, try to, to learn what it is about it that they love so much. Um, so that it gets to that five minutes before you want them to come off the device. Sit down, show that extra little bit of interest, interact with them. As you interact with them, you'll be surprised that they'll actually look more at you than the screen. So then slowly, um, those endorphins that are keeping them engaged to that screen, they, they will slowly lower, and then they'll, they'll, they'll look at you more, they'll interact with you more, they'll answer questions with you more, and then it'll be very easy to say to them, OK, let's let's just pop this aside now, come on, dinner's going to be ready soon. Um, that, that worked for me when, when mine were much younger. Now they just know it's dinner time, you come in to dinner. Well, thank you very much again, and uh, that's the
0: end of uh, our first podcast. We hope to do a few more on our learning technology going forward, because it's a vast area, um, and uh, we'll be back in a few weeks. Thank you very much. Thank you.